It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. is the word with the NFL draft just a week away there are several young prospects hoping to have their name called and walk across that stage and shake Commissioner Roger Goodell's hand and for me I didn't get that opportunity but it's always a joyous occasion to watch it every year this time it definitely be taking place in Chicago maybe a new look for the NFL and how they put on one of the most coveted events in, I guess, pro sports. I mean, you have the Super Bowl, there, there's the NBA Finals that are going on right now, but it is something nostalgic uh, about the NFL draft. So many teams that fail to get to a point of hoisting up that Lombardi Trophy now has an opportunity to put pieces in place with the hope, no guarantees, but with the hope that they will be in a position come 2016 to possibly host up that trophy. And for me, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but here is secondary perspective. And I'm Nick Ferguson. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Ferguson underscore 25 and my co-host Mario Batanzi at Mile High Mario. I'll say this. We pride ourselves on talking about the top things in sports and entertainment. And of, of course, unless you've been sleeping on The Rock, the biggest news has been Tim Tebow. So Never heard of him. You know what? So I'm going to give it his just due, and I'm going to talk about Tim Tebow, right? Tim Tebow. And we we're done. We're done. That's it. <laughs> That's the extent that I'm going to go to talk about Tim Tebow because this is, not you, a na- this is not a national story, Mario. And I know we talked about this, and you were wondering – if I was going to go into great detail and great length and talk about Tim Tebow, but it's not a story. Well, He's see, not an NFL text, quarterback. You text me, you know, either the, the day before or a couple days before the show, kind of give me a rundown of what we're doing. And you just said Tim Tebow. And I figured, well, of course, you know, he's going to make headlines because he got signed. And I don't think we'll ever know why he's such a polarizing character, Nick. I, I really don't. It's not like he's the first Christian or even open, like guy that's open about his Christianity in football or guy that's open about his religion. And the fact that he's such a polarizing character, Nick, I, I honestly, I have no response for it. I have no idea what this phenomenon is. Uh, he's just, people either want to love him and just want him, want to see him do so well, like a Skip Bayless. And then there are people that think like, unemployed kicker Jay Feely who said he's the worst quarterback of all time I mean it's unbelievable how people are on completely different ends of the spectrum of this phenomenon and I don't think that he wants this I gotta stop you right there the one thing you asked me not to do and I promised I wouldn't do 
We're doing it right now, and you're See, leading the conversation. And we're, we're not, and we're not even, and we're not even trying to, Nick. Busy. We're not talking about the story. We're talking about the media's reaction. See, this is a bigger story to me. Why the media needs to blow all of this out of proportion. It's more the four-letter network than anything. They just glob on to anything LeBron James or Tim Tebow or Alex Rodriguez, you know, all of these polarizing people that you either love them or you hate them, but you want to see them in the news. See, that's that's more the story for me. I mean, who really cares if Tim Tebow gets signed? He's not going to make this team. Let's Let's be adults and call it what it is. And if there is one team that he could make in this NFL – it's Chip Kelly's. So I, that, that's all I'm going to say about that, Nick. Again, it, it's more of the media fiasco that surrounds it. And then people trying to cover it up saying, oh, well, you know, there's a – or I think it was Adam Schefter actually that said, well, there's a media circus with every NFL team, with every NFL player, but you know that that's not true. So I don't know if Adam Schefter was trying to defend the four-letter network and trying to come to their aid and saying that it's justified what they do, but I, I wish they would just leave them alone. Well, you know what? Let's just talk about the Philadelphia Eagles for 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 just a second. We're going to still try to get uh, Warren Moon here, Hall of Fame quarterback, on the line. But focusing on the Eagles for a second, I mean, you already have three quarterbacks: Matt Barkley, Mark Sanchez, and you traded for Sam Bradford. When you when you look at that as as a whole, I think you have something there if you Chip Kelly. Uh, they were trying to move Matt Barkley earlier, but teams were not taking. They viewed him as saying, "Well." Maybe he's damaged goods. Maybe these USC quarterbacks, and maybe that's the thing that people should start to talk about. When you look at the USC quarterbacks and those quarterbacks who have come out, whether they've come out too early or they come out right after you know, winning a championship or coming off the heels of losing a championship, how good are these quarterbacks as a whole? I mean, you start with you know, Matt Leiner, Matt Barkley, and Mark Sanchez. To me, that's kind of the bigger question, looking at these USC quarterbacks and seeing – if they can actually hit the mark and are they quality quarterbacks or they just had all this talent built around them and they're just not that good. Well, really quick before we go get Warren, Nick, um, the thing with USC quarterbacks, they peak in college. You know, aside from Carson Palmer, all of these guys that you listed, or remember John David Booty? No, of course you don't because he peaked in college, same as the rest of these guys. When you're at USC, it's a winning environment. You are surrounded by some of the best college football players in in the nation. I mean, look at Alabama. Well, how come there are no good Alabama quarterbacks, yet Alabama keeps winning national championships? It's because the team around them is so good, the running game, the offensive line, the receivers, and they amplify these quarterbacks and they make it look really easy. And honestly, that's going to be my biggest gripe on Marcus Mariota is that this Oregon team or his Oregon teams he played for were so good. They made him look better than he was. I mean, there's no denying his natural ability, but this is kind of USC syndrome where he's surrounded by such good athletes. And I mean, everybody is the best of the best. You have to be to go to USC. And it's just an illusion. Well, you know what? It, it is something of, a, of an illusion, but there is a bad moon arising and we have Warren Moon on and we let's bring Warren in. And the best way I know how to give more of that music for me, please. You know what? That that would be the sentiment of every defensive coordinator that Roy has played 
against, whether it was in the NFL with the Houston Oilers or with the Edmonton Eskimos, when he took them to a record, five consecutive Grey Cups. They're thinking, Warren Moon, there's a bad moon on the rise. Warren, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on this morning. How you guys doing? We're doing, We're doing great. Fantastic. We're doing great. We, we were just we, we just spent uh, a very brief moment on Tim Tebow and the fact of him signing with the Philadelphia Eagles and not being a major story. But I, but I have to ask you, you know, Tim continues to get opportunity after opportunity. But where is Vince Young in this equation? Why, why is he not receiving an opportunity, Warren? Can you can you explain that to us? Why is he Why is he not? Yes, why is he not receiving an opportunity when and a guy like Tim Tebow, who most people don't think, you know, has the skill set and the mechanics to be an NFL quarterback, he continues to get an opportunity. And who would you say is not is not getting the opportunities? Vince Young. Oh, Vince Young. Um I know he's been to some camps and had some tryouts. I just don't know what uh what the problem is. I think a lot of it has to do with some of the things that transpired at at uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um you know, especially when it has to do with leadership. And, and I think more so than him being uh, a great athlete and all that, I think at that position, at the quarterback position, when, when all of a sudden people are starting to question your leadership abilities and some of the things that you've done that, that, make, that make them question that, I think that's the biggest problem he has to get over right now. Um, I think the way he handled some situations down there in Tennessee – a lot of teams have really frowned on, on him as being a quarterback and handling those, those situations that way. It seems like that's from what I've heard uh, has been the reason. But as far as him being able to play the game, there's no question I think he can play it. But I think as a quarterback, um, people really look at how you handle yourself and how you handle yourself under, under this, uh, um, adverse situations. And I don't think he handled some situations down there in Tennessee properly. And I think it really spread around the league. If you just joined us, we're, we're talking to Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback. You can follow Warren at WMoon1 and also follow Sports One Marketing at Sports One uh, MKTG. Now, now, Warren, going back to Philly for a second, there's been a lot of controversy coming out of what Chip Kelly has been doing. And the debate is scheme versus player. Where do you where do you look at being a guy that played in the NFL for a long period of time and at a high level? Is it the scheme that makes the player better, or is the players that are able to execute the scheme? Well, there's no question you have to have great players in the NFL to be successful. And the more great players you have on your team, I think the better chance you have. But you also have to have a scheme that fits those players that you have. Some some players are, are better uh, fit for certain schemes, and some players are better fit for others. So when you're bringing in those great players, you better make sure those great players have the skill set that you're looking for uh, to run the type of offense or run the type of defense that you want. And, and I think that's what Chip Kelly's looking at. Uh, he has a lot of confidence in his scheme. There's no question about it. And he doesn't feel like he needs great, great players in his position, in or, I mean, in his uh, scheme in order to, to be successful because he feels like his scheme is that good. But I still think when it comes down to, to getting over the hump in the playoffs and going to that, that next level of, of the playoffs and going to a Super Bowl, that's where the great players really uh, become uh, more of a commodity, and you better have them. And, and I think uh, he's going to find that out as a young coach in this league, that even though his system is great and it's very, very productive, and it's been that way the, the first two years that he's been in this league, uh, he's only gotten so far with the players that he has. So he's, he's got to get great players, no question about it, to get him over the hump. Now, now Warren, you know, the, the schedule, the 2015-16 schedule came out uh, of this season, and we know that 
the Seattle Seahawks made it to the back-to-back Super Bowls, but just kind of fell short at the one-yard one line. Uh, throwing a pass instead of running, as the, most people and most critics have said. When you look at the 2015 schedule, what teams, if, if any, poses the biggest threat to the Seahawks going back to possibly a third Super Bowl appearance? Well, you know, Green Bay is going to be a, a big opponent again. I think if they get better on defense, there's no question they, they have a, a really good football team. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was was uh, injured most of the playoffs last year, still played pretty well, but uh, uh, 100% healthy uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to make them that much more dangerous. They're the team that uh, beat almost beat Seattle in the NFC Championship. You know, they had the great comeback against them. Uh, I think even in their division, you know, with, with Arizona, Arizona is going to be another um, good foe for us. They won 11 games last year. Um, their quarterback, Carson Palmer, was hurt most of the season. They had a lot of quarterback problems, and now he'll be back healthy, so that should make them a little bit better. So just in our division, Arizona is going to be better. So I think those two right now, if you look at, at uh, the rest of the league and then also the Dallas Cowboys, you've got to think that they're going to be just as good if they get another running back to, uh, to replace their running back. I think they'll be right there in the mix as well. Now you're talking about the Cowboys, Warren. Do you see them going after uh, Gurley or uh, Gordon early in the draft, or are they still trying to make this Adrian Peterson deal work? Which do you think would play out best for them? Or are they going to do both? Are they going to bring in Adrian Peterson and then take a running back in the first round to kind of be the guy of the future there? You know, way back last year or so when, when Adrian Peterson and Jerry Jones supposedly had a conversation on the phone and there was tampering, uh, possibilities uh, at that time. I, I knew that uh, Adrian Peterson was probably going to be in the works for the Cowboys somewhere down the line. I just didn't know where. And, and I still think he wants Adrian Peterson on this football team. I think that's one of the reasons why he was able to to let uh, DeMarco Murray go so so easily, uh, having maybe a chance to get a, a uh, an Adrian Peterson, a guy who's you know from right there in Texas. Um, I still I think now because of the 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 Hardy the Greg Hardy situation, I think. Their concerns now should be to try and go and get a pass rusher because Hardy's not going to be available for them uh, for the first ten weeks of the season. So they're going to need, you know, pass rushing, and that's something that they don't have on defense. So uh, I would think they would go for a pass rusher now as opposed to a running back and still try and get Adrian Peterson maybe in a trade. But I just don't know if they have enough to trade for now because of the needs that they have. Now you mentioned Greg Hardy. What what was your thoughts on when they brought him in? I mean, they knew that he was going to be suspended. Did you agree with the Cowboys bringing in Greg Hardy, knowing his situation and kind of his background and what he has done? Well, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion on you know about what happened and and uh, you know the charges were dropped in one court and then another judge, I guess, uh, found him guilty in another court. Um, I think what what's going to happen is you you got to give a, a guy a chance to have a second second chance and see if he's changed any, and I think that's what the what the Cowboys were kind of hoping that that uh, Greg Hardy would learn from that situation that they were going to put together a uh, an environment around him that would make him be successful and and also improve as far as going to counseling and all the different things that he needs to do to improve some of his anger management problems, and they were going to give him that chance and they knew that they were not going to have him probably for possibly you know six games of the season with some type of suspension, but I don't think they ever thought it would be 10 games. Um, and then they protected themselves the way they had the contract uh, structured where it would only be he'd be, played, he'd be paid game by game as opposed to uh, giving him a big contract uh, over the course of a whole season. So 
I thought it was a safe move for what they did, but um, you know the league came in and, and came down a little bit harder on them than everybody thought, and and uh, we'll just have to see where that goes because I know the NFL Players Association has appealed that, so we'll just have to see what happens in the appeal process. Once again, if you just join us, we're talking to Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. You can follow him on Twitter at WMoon1. Warren, before we let you get out of here, we're talking about Greg Hardy, and there's been a lot of players that have had problems in recent years as far as policy violations is, is put down and levied down by the NFL. For all these prospects looking to come into this 2015 class, they're all hungry to make their mark in the NFL. Once again, as a guy that played the game at a high level, both in the CFL and the NFL, what advice would you give to these guys for both on and off the field? Well, I think you really have to watch everything that you do. You know, you just, my, my basic philosophy is, you know, if you conduct yourself in a way that will make your mom or your parents proud of you, I think you'll be fine. And uh, that's what I always tried to do, even though I wasn't perfect either, uh, you know, during my playing days. And I don't think any player is going to be perfect, but I think that's what you should strive for. Uh, in today's media with social network and social media and everything out there, everything you do is being looked at and scrutinized even harder than ever before. So you've got to be that much more on top of your game as far as how you conduct yourself in public, how you conduct yourself in private. And um, there's a lot of responsibility put on you because of the, the status of who you are as a, as a professional football player or a professional athlete. You're going to be judged a little bit differently uh, than, than the normal person out there, even though the no, normal people out there have these same type of problems. They just don't get publicized as much as, as uh, professional athletes or entertainers and that. So that's something you have to always be conscious of, that everything you do out there is being scrutinized a little bit more than the average person. Warren, also, next week, big fight, May 2nd, Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. Who you having to fight? I just hope it's a good fight. You know, this fight should have happened four or five years ago, and, and everybody's been waiting on it, and it's really been built up. But, you know, both of these guys are definitely not in their prime anymore. Uh, this 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 fight has been hyped as big as any fight that I've ever been around, and, and I just hope it lives up to that billing. Uh, I think uh, Floyd Mayweather is the better fighter only because he's such a great defensive fighter. Um, but you never know what the amount of punches that Pacquiao throws. If he ever catches him with one, we'll just have to wait and see if he's able to handle it. But I just, like I said, hope it's a, a good fight and both of these guys go out and put on a really good show. Well, once again, I'm hoping the same, and I, I know you're a very busy person, and I appreciate you giving us some of your time here on Secondary Perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback, Houston Oilers. You can follow him once again on Twitter, WMoon1 and at sports one marketing mktg thank you warren for joining the program appreciate it hey thanks for having me on anytime you want me you know you know where to find me i'm always available and i love what you're doing all right appreciate it thank you coming up after okay. the break we talk to actress marisol nichols and get her secondary perspective on some of the latest laws that are taking place around the country up next on voice america sports <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to secondary perspective with nick ferguson to get in the lineup for today's show please call 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com now, back to the show. Mario, I, I tell you, it's always a pleasure to have former players on the program and, and having a guy like Warren Moon come on and bless our program. It, it's great. He's doing some great things uh, in the community. And just to listen to him give that advice to not just quarterbacks, but young prospects coming into the league, be mindful of what it is that, that you do. Because everyone is always watching. You know, Big Brother is always watching. And speaking of Big Brother, there is a great show that both my wife and I adore so much. And it's one of the best, it was one of the best te- television shows when it was on television. Even though it's not, it still is. And check this out. For those individuals who know, I don't even have to say, that is the intro sound to the famous Fox show 24. And with that, I wanted to bring in actress extraordinaire. She's been acting ever since 1996, and she's getting it done. And there's a difference between being an actor and being a working actor, and that (laughs) is what she is. Uh, She played a character named Nadia Yassir on the hit show 24, Help me bring in Marisol Nichols. Marisol, thank you for joining us. Hey, Nick. How are you? I, I, I'm doing wonderful. Th- thank you uh, for, for blessing. It's always a, a pleasure to have our guests come on the show. I know you guys are really busy, but it's always uh, appreciative for me and my co-host to have people like yourself on the program. Oh, well, thank you. And it's, it's my pleasure. And thank you for that wonderful intro. <laughs> Nick is yes. just really wanting a role in anything right now, Marisol. So yeah. if, you, if you got anything, like even in the background where you need like a, a good looking black guy, Nick's uh-huh. your man. Okay. All right. I'll keep, I'll keep that in mind when I'm on set. <laughs> well, yeah, d- definitely keep that in mind. You know, I, I could be a, a backstand, some guy in the background, or, or maybe kind of find a way to get my way behind the camera. I would Nick definitely love that. Doing, uh, doing <laughs> like okay, well, we'll ninja moves and stuff. Well, well Marisol, I'm glad to ha- have you on. Uh, 
uh, you live in California, and of course, uh, if you live in California and you have kids, you, you know about yep. the Senate Bill 277. Uh, I think that yeah. bill was passed where it was making it mandatory for parents to have to vaccinate their kids. But uh, as a parent yourself, when, when you see something like this being pushed across, what's your, fav- your, your first perspective uh, about something like this? Well, you know, this bill is so, um, it's, it's stirred a lot of controversy and a lot of people's opinions are very, very passionate about it. And, and in my opinion, look, it's not about whether to vaccinate or not vaccinate. Everyone can make that decision for themselves. It's letting the government decide for the parent what vaccinations to give your kid at what schedule to give your kid and anything that they want to put in the vaccination. Um, and it says so in the bill. And I think that's the biggest debate. I mean, I have friends that vaccinate their kids completely that are completely opposed to this bill because of the government infringement on parental rights. I have other friends that don't vaccinate their kids and, and they don't want the bill because it would infringe on those parental rights. So I think the, the real question is this would open the door to the government telling parents what they can and cannot put into their kids' bodies. I think that's a dangerous slope. You know what, Marisol, uh, and we're talking to Maris, actress Marisol Nichols. You can follow her on Twitter at Marisol Nichols. That, that was one of my biggest issues. I have no problems with vaccines because they have helped us live long, you know, polio, measles, and all those type of things. But to yep. me, when you start to package these things together and administer them to small bodies, and, and these small yep. bodies haven't built up enough antibodies to fight off a, a lot of infections and disease, but you're going to overload their small bodies with, you know, this MMR, what this kind of those three things you're giving to that child, to me, that's right. where I have a problem. And then when you make it mandatory, you're yeah. taking the human right away from that. And I want to read something to both you and Mario uh, really quickly. Uh, yeah. There's something called the uh, human rights. And, mm-hmm. the, and it's Youth for Human Rights. Eleanor Roosevelt helped push this thing through. Here's Article 12. No one shall be subjected to arbitrary interference with his privacy family or home or correspondence, nor to attacks upon his honor and reputation. Everyone has the right to protection of the law against such interference or attacks. And with that being said, we as human beings, we have a right. There's a constitution. We should have the right to choose whether we want to do something or not. And I think we're straddling a really thin line if we're allowing the government and state officials to tell us we have to do something. So to me, it's like, what, where does it stop? And, and where could yes. this possibly push to? You know, I've done um, several research on, on this bill, and there's a couple things that are a little dangerous about it. Now, I understand the opposing argument are parents saying, hey, you're killing my child. You're putting my child at risk if you don't vaccinate. Now, here's the deal. And this is what I've looked at. This is, just, again, what I have found. The bill actually states it states um, all 10 vaccinations, which include measles, the mumps, hepatitis B, the flu, um, chickenpox. And when you look at these things, you go, okay, polio, that's a deadly disease. Um, whooping cough, people can die from that. Diphtheria, people can die from that. The flu, chickenpox, things like that. Um, it doesn't mean that no one ever has a complication but I did look up, like, what are the statistics of a complication? So, like, for the mumps, for example, um, according to the CDC, 
it says complications, any complications, are only 1 in 20,000 cases. That's, um, as a mom, you know, and I know all moms, all they care about is protecting their child from anything. So we're like, okay, we're not going to give Tylenol to our kid because I hear there's adverse effects. I'm going to try not to give my kid GMO foods because I don't know what's, what's going to happen there. Um, I'm going to try to make sure that my kid washes her hands before she eats. These kind of things to protect our children. When you're talking about mandatory, mandatory injecting toxins into a body that are supposed to give immunity to diseases with thousands of parents coming forth saying, hey, there's adverse reactions to this vaccination, why would you take the chance? And if you want to take the chance, that's up to a parent. But for the government to say, we're not going to give you that choice. And you have to, and we're going to take away your child's right to education. If you don't do that, that's what's controversy about this, is that you're, you're not only that, but you're violating our own constitution. And there's a, two quotes from Thomas Jefferson, who's one of my favorite people in the world, and two quotes by him. He says, every man and every body of men on earth possess the right of self-government. That, to me, is what we're talking about taking away. And in, in uh, addition, he says, if people let the government decide what foods they eat and what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in as sorry a state as are the souls of those who live under tyranny. And I think that, that's what parents are in such an uproar about. I, I completely sympathize and understand of parents going, look, I don't want my child to be at risk if you don't vaccinate your kid. I, I can't tell you how many par- parties I've taken my kid to and I see, you know, kids there sniffling, sneezing. And I'm like, really, why would you bring your kid out? I don't want my kid to get your cold. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, I don't want the government telling me that I have to or have not to put something that I believe, personally believe, is harmful to my child. And I don't necessarily want to take that risk. I may on certain things like polio or whatever, but that's my choice as a parent. So, um, Anyway, that, that's my opinion. I just want to read a couple things here, what it says in the bill. So it's not my opinion, but this is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're saying, um, any, in addition to 10 vaccinations, it says, and any other diseases deemed appropriate by the State Department. And the department may specify the immunizing agents that may be utilized, and the manner, the manner in which immunizations are administered. So the government can decide what they want to put in the vaccine and at what age your kid is going to get vaccinated. And, and to me, that's just, that's just too much government interference, whether you want to vaccinate or don't want to vaccinate. That's, just, that's my opinion as a parent, and I know that there's opposing opinions, but I, I wanted to share that because I think we're going down a slippery slope here. Well, Marisha, I think you're absolutely right. And to me, everyone is entitled to their opinion. When I thought about talking about this topic on the program, to me, I didn't want to bash pharmaceutical companies, the state of California, or even the government. It's just like, I think it's about time that people had an educated conversation about these particular matters and not Mm -hmm. just look at things on the surface for what someone is telling you. Go try to get the document yourself. Read it for yourself from, from beginning to end and then make your your evaluation and your judgment before you come out and lash out I, either way. And I'm um, thank you for, you know, once again coming on and thank you for, for those comments. Uh, I know that you're involved in uh, so many other activities 
and kind of an activist in your own right. Uh, I read somewhere that you are doing something with uh, human trafficking, and that is something that another subject that most people don't know about. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and why you chose to attach yourself to that particular cause. Okay, well, um, I chose my I chose human trafficking. It kind of chose me. Um, as soon as I heard about it, um, I passionately fight against it because I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a human being, and for those reasons, and because I was under the wrong impression that trafficking was something that happened over there, meaning any other place besides the United States. It happens, you know, in Cambodia, in the Philippines, in Thailand, in Mexico. And I was shocked to learn, no, actually, I'm wrong. It happens in the United States and in numbers between 80 and 100,000 girls that are trafficked sexually and become sex slaves in the United States alone. Um, there's a, a campaign that the McCain Institute, Cindy McCain has championed this issue for a long time that says there's no such thing as a child prostitute. When you're talking about a 14-year-old girl, which is the average age that girls in America enter into this, that's not a child prostitute. That's a girl that I, I found out, and I've done so much research on this, and that was enormous amounts of people. But that is a girl who is forced to walk the streets, beaten within an inch of her life if she doesn't make her quota of however many dollars per night, and it's usually 500 to to $1,000 a night, um, being forced to have sex with men. And if she doesn't, her pimp will beat her senseless or they'll have other girls beat her senseless. This is not a voluntary thing. And human trafficking not only involves girls walking the streets, but unfortunately the bigger numbers are girls being kidnapped off the street, lured off of Facebook, young girls lured out of foster care, a runaway, and within three, di three days they're in a hotel room being advertised on Backpage and being trafficked from hotel room to hotel room around the country and forced to serve 15 to 20 men a night. A night. Um, th those aren't my opinion. That's actual fact. That's actual statistics. You can just Google it and find those things out. Those are, um, and I'm sorry, those are just statistics that I just can't sit back and go, that's too bad. Poor them. I hope that doesn't happen to my kid. Um, it's horrific. We're talking about our, our future mothers. I don't understand why there's not a national cry and protests in the street off of this. To me, there's nothing worse than little girls being raped 15 to 20 times a day. There's nothing worse. Um, so that's why I've sort of made it my goal to do whatever I can to educate people, to have people support bills that I believe make a huge difference. To and There's so many different facets to this so that the more awareness that I can bring to it and the more people that can utilize their forces to do something about it, the better off we're going to be. So Marisol, tell me, where can, you know, our listeners and individuals who want to get involved and know more information about human trafficking, real quickly, tell us where we can find this information. Okay, well, there's, I mean, honestly, you can just Google. <laughs> human <laughs> trafficking in the United States, human trafficking in California, human trafficking in Texas, whatever state you're in. Um, Backpage is um, probably the most famous um, internet site for this sort of thing. So Backpage is like a Craigslist. And there's been a huge battle on the back of back, uh, for Backpage because they make $22 million a year off the sale of girls, most of them kidnapped. Um, and the FBI and other organizations have tried taking them to court and tried um, 
getting them to stop this and take it down, and they won't. Unlike a Craigslist that voluntarily took took it down when a girl died, and they traced it back to Craigslist. Um, the owners of Craigslist took it down. Backpage did not. The Internet um, is an amazing source, but I would say go on, even government websites will give data. Um, the United Nations has amazing information. Our State Department has amazing information. FBI has amazing information. Um, each state has statistics. There's a different websites like Polaris, which is a leader in this issue. Um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is another website, missingkids.org, that you can check out. Um, and then there's organizations, and there's, there's some amazing individuals in our government that are trying to do something about this. It's a bipartisan issue. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or you're Democrat. If you're a human being, um, most human beings want to stop this. So there's been some great legislation that's been put forth, and I think putting pressure on our representatives to push those legislative actions through goes a long way. You know, the government works for the people. It's not the other way around. But unless they hear your voice, they don't really do anything. So this has been an issue that has sort of been kept quiet because it's just a hard subject to, to look at. It's a hard subject to confront. It haunts me um, as a mom. So when you can do something about it, it makes, it makes a huge difference. There's um, Senator Mark Kirk of Illinois. You can go on his Facebook page or website and see what he's doing. He's doing a lot of work in this issue. Um, Congressman Ann Wagner is a champion on a particular bill called the SAVE Act. It goes a long way towards um, holding websites accountable for selling little girls, especially ones that are kidnapped, especially girls that are already on the FBI's missing list. And then they wind up on these, on these websites being sold for sex. It's horrific. And you go, how is that legal? Well, it's legal because no laws have been passed against it yet. So that's one of the main things is we have to catch up legislation to these things. Um, other things I would like to push for would be stricter laws. You know, a, a trafficker who facilitates a girl, puts the advertisement in the newspaper and says, come and have sex with this underage girl for this many hundreds of dollars. And, you can, and they facilitate it and have it happen, like I said, 15, 20 times a day, which is horrific to even think about. They get caught. It's five to ten years. That's it. Um, I'd like to personally push for, for stricter laws that would try them as a rapist because they are a rapist, and that's it. They're facilitating rape. They're allowing it. Um, stricter punishment for Johns, for the men who go and have sex with these girls, knowing that they're underage. Um, that kind of thing is just supply and, supply and demand, and it's disgusting to think about that this exists out there. Um, but however disgusting it is, we have to as a group, collaborate and fight against it and do something about it so it doesn't continue. Well, well, Marisol, we're going to do what we can on this end of secondary perspective to make sure we promote human trafficking and for people to find out more information and, and kind of get in and get involved. Uh, once again, that's actress Marisol Nichols. You can follow her on Twitter at Marisol Nichols. Thanks again for coming on the program to talk about some of these serious issues and we need to have you come back on um, maybe a much lighter note. But once again, thank you for coming out, <laughs> uh, giving sure, us thanks. the information that you've given us. No problem. Sorry, I didn't mean to be a Debbie Downer. These are just um, issues that, that need to be talked about. But sometimes it can be like, whew. So I, I understand. Thank you for having me on and, and lending a voice to this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's actress Marisol Nichols. Coming up after the break, more news with Rajon Rondo and another NBA coach takes the fall.
You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective here on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Mario, I, I don't know who, if you know who was uh, the person that that track was linked to. Do you, do you know? I do not. Oh, trivia question on Thursday. That was no other than the man uh, also known as the symbol. That was Prince, man. Early day Prince. Controversy. You hit me with some doves cry. I'll rock out to that. Oh, come on, man. You got to know. That's Prince. That's iconic, man. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, we were just talking to uh, Marisol Nichols. I mean, just some really serious stuff right there. But here on Secondary Perspective, 
Mario and I pride ourselves on bringing you the best in sports and entertainment, guest-wise, but also bring you some of the, the most serious topics because we're not just a sports show. We're going to touch on everything, and I'm proud that uh, we were able to do that and she was able to come on. And uh, before uh, I move on, I just want to wrap something up really quickly to piggyback off of what she said. Uh, and, and this Youth for Human Rights, there are two articles I'm going to read from really quickly. Uh, it's Article 3 in the States. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person. Article number four, no one shall be held in slavery or servitude. Slavery and the slave trade shall be prohibited in all of their forms. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention that, but great stuff from her. And I, hey, listen, she's never a Debbie Downer to me. Important information that we all need to know about human trafficking. There was an episode last night on CBS. It's uh, C CSI uh, Cyber Unit, you might know. Um, Bow Wow, Shade Moss is on that show with Patricia Arquette. And on one last night episode, they touched on this same subject, which made it real for me even more. So keep your eyes open, look out for your loved ones, but also look out for the loved ones for, of other individuals. Now we're going to move on to some NBA news. Mario, your favorite team. Ah, well, well, not your favorite team because they're out west and they beat the Denver Nuggets. But the Dallas Mavericks having trouble with Ranjan Mont. Wait, well, why is the Dallas Mavericks? Why you gotta do me <laughs> like that, Nick? Don't tell these people that my favorite team is the Dallas Mavericks. My well, favorite no. owner, my favorite owner is Mark Cuban. Right. <laughs> I do not like the Mavericks. Come okay, on. Okay, oh, let me rephrase that. His favorite owner slash Jeez. I like the team because of the owner, but I don't want Nuggets fans to really know the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like Mark Cuban because he's on Shark Tank. Okay. It has nothing to do with the Mavericks. Okay. Well, anyway, the Mavs find themselves in kind of a hold the Houston Rockets and Rajon Rondo seems to be at the center of that. He was traded early in the year, hoping that maybe he can be that corner piece for the Dallas Mavericks, but it is proven that he is not. He's been more of a cancer more than anything. And then at this point, the team is pretty much severed ties with Rajon Rondo. Uh, what are your takes? You know, he's out at the Dallas Mavericks. He, I still think he's a quality player, but from watching him so far in the postseason, do you think there, there is a team out there willing to give Rajon max dollars? And could he end up with the Los Angeles Lakers? You know what? I would be surprised if a team would give him max dollars. And just watching his body language this year, Nick, and the way that he conducted himself, it wasn't the same Rajon Rondo that we saw, you know, years ago when he was with the Boston Celtics. And, you know, he was kind of the odd man out. And maybe it was just like a bunch of pent up animosity because he wasn't part of the big three in Boston. Gave him a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But now he still has that chip, Nick. He wants to be the guy. But what he has to understand is he is kind of like the old school prototypical point guard where he can't shoot the three ball to save his life. I mean, he can't really shoot anywhere very effectively, but he is a very good rebounder for a point guard. He is a very good facilitator. I mean, he has the ability to lead the NBA in assists every year. Uh, but scoring is an issue. And in, in the new wave of NBA, you look at the point guards of all of the best teams in the league, and the point guards can score, Nick. They can shoot. They can rain from three. 
in addition to facilitating. So honestly, Rajon Rondo, you know, he kind of took the lead by storm a little bit uh, when he was with Boston. Maybe they just made him look better than he was because of the big three. Uh, but the game is changing, and if Rondo doesn't change and learn how to shoot, then I would be shocked if a team gave him top dollar, even the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, the the, the Lakers have some young kids there that can play. You know, they're going to get another top draft pick. They're hoping that they get Kobe back and maybe get back on the right track. But I'm, I'm not going to get into Laker talk with you right now. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't see the Mavericks winning this series anyway. I mean, maybe they go back to Dallas and win a game. Uh, but Houston is Houston is just too good for them. They're not going to be able to keep up with the Rockets, in my opinion. The Rockets are just too talented, especially now that Dwight Howard seems to be a hundred percent. They just do not have an answer for him. And uh, you know, I, I think Brondo's now out for the rest of the playoffs, isn't he? Now, isn't he? Anyway, so um, I, I I wouldn't put too much stake into Rajon Rondo. I think he was a nice piece for a while, but. They didn't get out of him what they thought that they would, so I think it's time to you know maybe start looking for another point guard or give J.J. Barea more play time. Well, I think J.J. Barea is definitely going to get more play, playing time because Rick Carlisle, when asked about Rajon Rondo, he simply said, hey. And don't forget they have Monta Ellis who can also run the point if he needs to. If, if they need to, and both of those guys are going to be relied on if they are to kind of bring balance to this game in this series against the Houston Rockets. But Rick Carlisle has already said, Hey, he's not going to be in another in a, another Dallas Mavericks uniform. So the writing is already on the wall. He's already on the outs now. Just kind of determine where he's going to go from that standpoint. But it's a I would call it shocking news. You know, Scott Brooks was fired from as the head coach of the OKC Thunder. I'm going to just go out and go ahead and call it a new jerk, knee jerk reaction. I said it on Twitter before, and I'll say it again. When you look at the fact that Kevin Durant was injured, you trade off James Harden, you know, years earlier. Cephalosha is gone, and then Serge Ibaka had his injury, and then Westbrook had his injury where in the month of December he missed about 15 games. So that's hard for any coach on any level to be without your personnel. And we talked with Warren earlier on the show about scheme versus player. This was a case right here for Scott Brooks where he didn't have his core players to be successful, and Westbrook had to take over. So to me, when I look at the fact of Scott Brooks being fired, to me, I don't like it. And then now, who's going to come in? With Brooks being out, you think Kevin Durant was signed back? Be, be even, even think about signing back with OKC? I don't think so. If I'm, if, if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm anyone in this camp, I'm saying no more Scott Brooks. We might as well take our talent somewhere else. And Kevin Durant, if you're listening... There's, there's a place in South Beach called Miami. Stop need it. some more players. That's Stop all I'm it. saying, Mario. <laughs> Stop it right now. If anything, he's paying attention to what the Wizards are doing to the Raptors right now. My goodness. Our boy uh, Derek Farvetto, who you know has called into the show before and interacts with us all the time on Twitter, he lives up there in Canada, and he is a Raptors fan. But I feel bad for him, man. I mean, the, the seemingly lowly Wizards – went into Toronto, where they're a pretty darn good home team, Nick. And they took a 2 nothing lead, and the series is going back to Washington. And just to put this into perspective, I mean, you think that having home court advantage would be huge in the playoffs, right? The team, I mean, they came out strong in the first quarter. And then the second and the third, they, out, they got outscored 70-37. to 37. Come on, man. 
Are you like, are, how, how could you do that in the playoffs, Nick? Are, are the Raptors done? Or I mean, we were saying they might be one of the teams that come out of the East because we didn't think anything yeah. of the East. And now they're down 2-0 already. Well, that tells you a lot about Paul Pierce. And, and speaking of Paul Pierce, he had some comments about former Brooklyn Nets teammate Darren Williams. And last night I watched them play against the Hawks. They, they came back. Jerry Jack hit that corner three to kind of put them down by maybe three points. But then Darren Williams coming from that baseline, I thought he was going to drive the ball inside. They were scoring 38 points inside the paint to the Hawks, 28. He settled for the jumper. It rimmed out. Needless to say, the Hawks are headed back to Brooklyn with a 2-0 lead. To me, when, you're paying, when the guy's making $18 million, make that shot. You have to make that. You have to. You have to make, make, make that shot. But that's the one thing about these type of games. Major sports, National Hockey League, MLB, NFL, uh, NBA. It make, make, it, make, it, yeah, make a difference what you do during the regular season. If you don't you show like up Nick Ferguson playoffs, and make the play. Make yeah, the interception. Make, I mean, make the play. You, you never take it back to the house, but, you know, that's, that's oh, another discussion on. for another day. Hey, <laughs> discussion for another day. But quickly before we get out of here, I want to get your take on this and your perspective. Uh, Cardinals GM had this to say, and it's kind of piggyback off of Greg Hardy and a lot of uh, problems that players have been having in the NFL. And the question is, if you know a guy has a troubled pass, why would you hit your wagon to him, if you will, and draft him or sign him? But Cardinals Jim had this to say. If Hannibal Lecter ran a 4-3, we'd probably diagnose it as an eating disorder. Real quick, what's your <laughs> comments? I think that's one of the greatest things that I've ever heard because it's absolutely true. I mean, Jameis Winston is about to get taken number one overall, and he has probably more issues than I've ever seen coming out of college. I mean, th these guys that are middle of the road, not definitive number one guys, you start to talk about their character issues. They drop out of the first round or they drop out of the top 10, and sometimes they don't even get drafted. Remember Vontez Perfect, And he turned out to be one of the best linebackers in the league for a few years. So I don't want to hear all of this. It only takes one team to fall in love with you, but they don't put much stake onto what happens. And I don't know if you saw, speaking of Jameis Winston, Nick, I don't know if you saw, he came out and he basically gave an explanation like, oh no, like I didn't steal the crab legs. Like I got the hookup from it. It's like, well, then one of your homies stole. I mean, something was still stolen and it took you nine months. Remember this story dropped about nine months ago, Nick, it took you nine months to come up with that. Everybody had already forgotten. You brought it back to the surface. This kid, I mean, I, 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 if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm not taking him. I think they're going to because he's the most NFL-ready quarterback. But if he can't get his life straight off the field, then he's not going to be on the field. So if I'm in charge of a franchise, I don't want this kid anywhere near my team. And, you know, the Cardinals GM, his comment about Hannibal Lecter, that is, that's priceless, man. That's one of the greatest things I've ever heard because you know it's true. If he's out there running 4-3... <laughs> They just forget about all of his character defects. And that's what they're, they, they're just brushing it aside. And they're trying to convince themselves that Jameis Winston is a changed man and everything's different. Let's not forget that there were not one but two rape allegations towards Jameis Winston. That just doesn't that doesn't just happen. OK, people don't just say that because they're trying to, you know, defame your name. Give me a break with that crap. Well, we'll, we'll see. The draft is next week, Thursday. We'll have your coverage here. We'll have some draft analysts here to tell us who's going to make the biggest moves and who could be the biggest splash in next we week's Benjamin draft. Benjamin from, uh, from Denver, Colorado at Albright NFL will be joining us next week to talk draft. Right. We'll be talking NFL draft and we'll be talking about 
the Avengers. But we'll save that until next week. I want to thank Marisol Nichols and my guest, Warren Moon, for joining the program. As always, my guys in Arizona for keeping everything run smoothly. Mario, have a great week. I will see you back here next week. Second day. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.